Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato. The extraordinary, talented Mary Gamba in the house today. Mary, how are we doing? I'm good. You could just keep going with those adjectives to describe me. I'll just sit back and we can do an entire Lessons in Leadership just about how great I really am. Yeah, but we're taping this right before the holidays. And, and Mary knows why I'm doing this. It's because this is where she usually makes it clear to me how much more she should get paid. And I thought if I gave her a lot of compliments, it may not hurt as much financially. Is that not going to work? Uh, that's not going to work. No, just show me the money. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you, Cuba Gooding from uh, Tom Cruise. Mary, uh, what's the movie? Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Hey, speaking of sports, we're talking sports and leadership and a whole lot of other leadership lessons with a guy who knows sports and leadership. Back again, he's Greg Lalavi, business manager and general vice president, International Union Union of Operating Engineers, local 825, our longtime partners. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you too, Steve and Mary. Thanks for having me back. Do you? It's great to have you. Do you believe Mary deserves a significantly large bonus and raise this year? I'm not sure you have enough. Oh, thank you, Greg. <laughs> no, no problem. Hold on one second. You're saying that getting Mary back is going to be harder than the Yankees getting Aaron Judge back? <laughs> it, may, it may be. Yeah, I, I'm betting on myself in the words of Aaron Judge. I am betting on myself. I know. I, I like that. And speaking of, this is one of my many sports books I have. This is George. I was never a fan of Steinbrenner's, but he was a leader of a certain type, if you will. And he won a lot. Greg, before we talk about other leadership issues, we have this new track in lessons in leadership on sports and leadership. The graphic will be up right now. You and I talk sports all the time. You're a Butler fan. You uh, follow a whole bunch of other teams as well. Um, well some interest in Mammoth, if I'm not mistaken, um, and, and on other teams. What is your view of the most significant connection between sports and leadership? Uh, on every single sports team that you see, somebody defines themselves as a leader. Uh, you know, there's a, a point guard in basketball. There's a quarterbacker, a middle linebacker in football. Somebody on the field, on the court, takes the reins and, you know, coaches their other players, gets in their face a little bit, um, you know, coaxes them when they need it. They they just seem to inherently know what to do. And, and some of those people turn into pretty darn good coaches uh, on the other side of it. Along those lines, I promise I'll get to uh, Coach Mike Krzyzewski, Coach K, because there was a video that Greg introduced us to that triggered, frankly, a lot of this thinking about sports and leadership, et cetera, et cetera. But real quick on this, I did this in, did this in another segment. I harped on, and we're taping this at the end of 2022, so it'll be dated. I harped on Jets quarterback um, Zach Wilson, and you know the story. And yes, he's apologized since then. But after a game, he played terribly. Greg introduced us to this book, Extreme Ownership. I was thinking of Greg when I watched Zach Wilson after he played a terrible game where the Jets, I believe, had two yards in the second half. The defense played really well. The offense was terrible. He was the quarterback. And after the game, they asked him, did you let the defense down? And he was like, no, no. And didn't own it until his father called him the next day and said, Zach, do you see the way you were? Because what was wrong with you? And he said, well, I wasn't really thinking. And then he apologized to his credit. Question. How important is it for athletes in leadership positions, quarterbacks and others, to own their mistakes fully and not point the fingers at anyone else, Greg? It's absolutely critical, particularly in a team sport and a team environment. The finger pointing can become 
just toxic behavior, dragged the whole team down. Owning it, working on it better um, is really the only way to go. And an interesting tidbit about Zach Wilson, uh, one of the talking head shows on sports TV, uh, Rex Ryan was the commentator. And, and, and he made the observation that Zach had never been the quarterback, uh, had been the captain uh, while he was the quarterback at BYU, which is so unusual because usually the quarterback is at least one of the captains of his football team. But he had a C. Mary, when you have that C, because if I'm not mistaken, I hope I'm not. And we, and by the way, 23 years old, we wish him all the best. He's got a lot of growing to do, and I, we give him credit for acknowledging what he said. But he, Mary, he did have a C. Zach Wilson as the quarterback, forget about how poorly he played, but he has a C on his jersey, which means you're the captain, you're the leader. In hockey, which is a sport you know well, that C matters a lot, does it not? It should matter. And exactly, you know, it, it's it's funny because we've been talking about Zach Wilson and you almost want to flip it and talk about it's Mike White, right? The quarterback that they replaced him. Listen, this is going to be dated because he's playing it is, real, but, real well right but now. There's, Who the heck knows? I know, but there's a reason to this. He had an opportunity given to him and just the opposite, how Zach Wilson threw away his opportunity. Mike White stepped up. He was literally, you saw him after every play, he was going up to the face masks of the other football players and just, you know, giving them high fives. And, and that's what you want to see in a leader. It doesn't matter if you have a C or an A on your jersey. New Jersey Devils, same thing. I mean, you've got Nico Heischer. He's a great leader. He, he never takes any of the kudos himself. He always takes the ownership of a bad game himself. He never blames the goalie for missing a shot. That's what leaders should be. And whether you're 23, I'm sorry, I know people keep giving, you know, Zach a pass. Oh, he's 23. He's going to learn. You should have learned that a long time Mary, ago. Come on. And, I'm and sorry for interrupting, Mary. Let's be fair. Let's say I'm a lot older than 23. <laughs> I'm making mistakes. Not Let's not just say that because it's true. Yeah. Mary, I make tons of mistakes all the time. I have to own it. And, you, and Zach Wilson did as well. You're saying whether you're 60-something or 20-something, it doesn't matter. That's not I'm going to come back to Greg. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying, though, when if you are in the spotlight, if you are in that position, you need to think before you speak, because your actions are going to have major consequences. And Greg hit something and it was really telling that if he didn't have that C, there's a reason why. And it is a leadership trait. What in a sports and leadership, you can't get more of that connection than that. You need to be a leader. Please, Greg. Jump in because Mary and I are having a, an argument on the air. <laughs> it, no, it's great. No, it's, it's great a spirited, theater. It's spirited dialogue. Greg, listen, <laughs> she, I, I've said this to you. I've written it in lessons in leadership. I've said it a million times. I screwed up at the last taping. I had a crappy attitude. It messed everything up. And then you try to turn it around quickly. I think Mary's saying, think before. Yes, in a perfect world, you think before you do or say anything. But go ahead, Greg, jump in. Well, well, sometimes you don't have the time to think, but that that doesn't then relieve you of the obligation to own whatever the action is, because it's still your your basic instinct, if you will, to do whatever it is you do. It, it's your DNA, and and the way you're programmed is the way you responded, um, and and you have to improve on that if it's yeah. if it's a negative thing. So, so Greg, you started this. It's your fault because <laughs> we were in a seminar. We do a an A25 uh, International Union of Operating Engineers Local A25 Stand and Deliver Leadership Academy. I believe we have six terrific leaders right now in the academy. And Greg kicked off the academy this year. It's a seminar series and one-on-one -on -one coaching. And Greg, if I'm not mistaken, you kicked off the series with a piece of video about Coach Mike Krzyzewski 
uh, was at Duke for many, many years. What was the video? Why does it relate to what the heck we're talking about right now? Well, what, what was amazing is, uh, as you noted, I'm a college basketball freak and I just love the game. And so when March comes, it's my happiest time of year. Biggie. <laughs> um, I'm a Pirates fan, too. So, uh, um, you know, that's that's a, the, the loss to Siena the other night wasn't a good thing. We never um, say anything bad about Seton Hall basketball. Go ahead. Next. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but learning experience. Yes. But but I was watching this random game and Duke wasn't even one of the teams on the floor. And the two commentators started riffing about Coach K and they spoke about his success over time. And it was, you know, his final hurrah last season and that going into it that he was able to change over time and, you know, reinvent himself and his team and his process as the game changed around him, he was able to adapt. And it's everything that leadership is, uh, being able to adapt to your environment and continue to succeed is the greatest testament, I think, uh, to Coach K's leadership from, you know, ha having the one the one and done players when when that was the thing. It took him a long time to come around to that. But when he did, he still succeeded at it and still kept the Duke Blue Devils up at the, you know, the top five, six, seven teams in the country. And let's just say that Mike Krzyzewski, Coach K's original mentor, I believe, was Bobby Knight. And let's just say that Bobby Knight, Mary, you may or may not Google everyone, Bobby Knight. Let's just say that his tantrums and his lack of uh, emotional control makes some of my blowups look like I'm Mother Teresa. I'm not, I, Mary, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying there are degrees. Mary, Greg, I can say you want to say something, Greg. I can tell from your body well, language. No, it's it's amazing to think, though, that Bobby Knight and Mike Krzyzewski and Bill Parcells were all on the athletic staff of West Point at the same time. Mary, imagine. <laughs> and talk about, Mary, Bill Parcells, when they won the Super Bowl with the Giants, and he would talk about in people's faces, Mary screaming, yelling, saying stuff to mm -hmm. Phil Simms, uh, Harry Carson, but somehow not LT, not Lawrence Taylor. He did not get in his face. Mary, do you think leadership is different in terms of a coach? And by the way, check on NJ.com. There's a great article on now. Coaches have had to evolve from getting into kids' faces, being very aggressive. Got to watch that stuff. It doesn't work, yeah, and it do. also has long-term implications. Mary, do you believe that leading in an excellent way, hockey, football, basketball, whatever it is, is different in terms of how aggressive and assertive you can be with your players? Well, the only time that I think there could be is in the heat of a moment, in the heat of a play, if you're going into overtime in any of these sports, of course, the the stakes are higher. I'm sure the tensions are going to be a little bit higher. But when it comes to giving really solid, concise feedback that is clear, and if you want it to be received well, you do need to take a breath. Steve and I talk about this all the time, Greg, the 24-hour rule. Of course, feedback, uh, yep, She's like, feedback in real day. time. Yeah, no, no, no. But feedback in real time is important. But usually if it's something that's, why did she do this? Or why did he do that? I'll be like, Steve, listen, I said, you addressed it once. Let's give it 24 hours. And then we'll see what the next step or the next course of action is going to be. Because usually it's not as egregious as it you really think it is in that moment. Yeah, well, I believe I've evolved a lot, but Mary may have a different view. Uh, uh, Greg, we'll talk after Greg leagues on the air. We're going to go through this, Mary. <laughs> Greg, before I let you go. You talked about Coach K evolving. I want to believe I'm evolving. I know Mary has and become 
an exceptional leader over the last several years and taken on responsibility in a portfolio. I'm not sure she ever imagined professionally, even though being a mom is still the toughest job there is, if you will. So Greg, let me ask you, you talk about Coach K evolving. The biggest improvement slash change slash evolution you've made as a leader in the last few years is? Uh, acknowledging the world around me and the reality. Um, as you know, we've turned our training program into a technical college. Uh, we're, we're not done evolving that yet. That's being responsive to the, the computers and artificial intelligence that we see on the heavy equipment that our members operate and what we think to be uh, a good journey worker needs to be in the future with what they're going to face in the workplace. Our industry has changed so fundamentally in the last 30 to 50 years. The pace of change has quickened exponentially. Uh, so we're, we're just trying to stay on the front end of that wave, uh, be innovative, um, you know, just be responsive to what's out there in the environment. And the, you know, the productivity levels have changed uh, in the methods, the materials, and we're always trying to just stay ahead, stay ahead, uh, because if we get passed by, um, we won't be here much longer. And this is an organization that has provided for families for you know 126 years, and uh, we can take we are intent on being here for another 126. Because the status quo is never really a good option in this environment. And last thing I want to say, Mary, is as you know, one of the things we do in the Leadership Academy at 825 is that each participant has to propose some improvement, some change, something that will have 825 being even more effective than what it is. And a lot of it is about innovation. And, and then they're questioned and challenged by their colleagues, and it ain't easy. But that's real life. And it's not simply managing day to day. It's being innovative as a leader and proposing and defending um, an approach to doing something differently. And that's not easy. And it's not for everyone. But I'm off my soapbox. See, Mary, that's seven times I've been on my soapbox today. <laughs> I just get off permanently. Sylvester is going to have to find a picture of somebody on a soapbox yeah. and put it up there because I need to really visualize. <laughs> but but to your point, Steve, many of those presentations, and we're going through the, the work of archiving those now, uh, most of those, uh, darn near all of them, we've implemented here. The, the people here have great ideas and and when you let the team participate and, and own part of the, the result and the direction, it's really amazing what people will come up with. Mary, think about this for a second. You keep telling people what to do and directing them. Okay. As opposed to here's the situation. What are two or three ideas that you believe will help improve the situation? It's a totally different conversation. And Mary expects more from our people as I do. And they're so good and they're so talented, and they're so innovative and creative, but you've got to create an environment, obviously, to have that flourish. Hey, Greg, thank you, my friend. Uh, we're taping this right before uh, the Christmas season. We'll see you soon in the Leadership Academy, but to you and your family and the great family at the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local Aid 25, we wish you not just a great holiday season, but a terrific 2023. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Mary, and the, the best of the Holidays and the New Year's to both of you. Thanks, my friends. Stay with us. Mary and I will be right back. Arguing. <laughs> this edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, 
the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, Resourcing the World, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. The essence of the Northward Center is ingrained in our values, thoughts, and actions. What began as a storefront on Bloomfield Avenue has evolved into a life-changing community nonprofit. The mansion is steeped in tradition, but with all of its grandeur, the true essence of the Northward Center is in the people we serve. So as the Northward Center commemorates 50 years of service, let's also celebrate the many opportunities yet to come. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. I want to thank our good friend Greg Lalavie from Local 825 for joining us and offering his insight. Mary, we weren't arguing on the air, were we? No, never. We never argue. We have a spirit, spirited dialogue. Uh, it's engaging and we play off of each other. It's fine. And we have different views of what appears to be the same situation. And hopefully we, I don't know if we come to an agreement, but we appreciate each other's point of view. Yeah. And I always say you got to agree to disagree. And I even don't like that statement that much because it's not even like we disagree. You just need to be open to others' perspectives. And I'm sure everyone watching has different perspectives as well. And I have 22 years uh, with you and married my wife 21 years. All I ever want is, you're right, Steve. That's all I want. <laughs> we say that about 80% of the time. And then when we don't say it, you've got to know that you're probably not right. Let's get off with me. So uh, you ready? This is another Lessons in Leadership mini seminar. That's right, you've come to appreciate these seminars. We're gonna use this in our leadership academies where we coach and mentor people on a whole range of leadership skills. Today, Mary and Sylvester, who is extraordinary on the back end, not just editing, but in post-production, making everything look good. We're gonna put up what we call the strategic relationship building hub and spokes model. So I want you to envision this. So that's just putting it up, but, but right now, let me just try this. The whole concept here, Mary, is that relationship building is in fact an important leadership skill set. And strategic relationship building is simply saying you actually have a methodical, consistent approach to strengthening, building, creating relationships, building relationships, dealing with relationships when there are bumps in the road, identifying when you have blind spots with certain people and certain relationships and you got to deal with them. So what does hub and spokes mean? Think about a bicycle, right, Mary? It's a bicycle tire. Mm -hmm. Sure is. Mary Gamba's at the hub. And your spokes are your key stakeholders, meaning key people in your world. So do it right now as we're talking about this, Mary. Some of the key stakeholders in your world, the first being... Family, in my opinion, but well, was, and remember, sorry, we can I, talk. I, I thought it was me, but go ahead. <laughs> well, you are my hub. <laughs> the world well, and the spokes revolve the, around. The, the key is you're the person. <laughs> I'm joking. I know what the hub and spokes is. Okay. And I'll tell you something. We've been using this now for about a decade. Yeah. And it works 
everywhere. I, we get such feedback about this. So Sylvester's putting up on screen. So you have you in the middle, the, the spokes are coming off. Uh, and literally those spokes could be everything from, yes, your boss, it could be a manager, it could be your peers, a spoke is going to be your family for sure. It could be your board if you work for a nonprofit or an organization that has a board. But we always talk then, Steve, about taking it one level deeper. Because one, if you're a small business, we do a whole series here with Delta Dental on small business leadership. And it could be small business. So it could be, oh, ABC law firm. But you need to take it a, a step further because you need to put the names of the individuals with whom you need to connect. Because remember, we call this a relationship building exercise. It's not just so, oh, I went through this exercise and I created this cute graphic that Sylvester is so wonderfully putting on screen right now, but it's who of these spokes have I not touched base with? Who can I reach out to to see if I can be helpful? That is why we do it because we are all so busy and it's so easy to get away from one of those spokes for too long. So stay on this. As we come back uh, on camera here, and I know we're driving Sylvester crazy with the editing, when to put it up, when not to put it up. So this is the way I look at it. So if I'm in the hub and then the spokes are different key relationships. And I remember when I first did this, I used to say one of the hubs was team members. So we have anywhere between eight and 10 full-time team members, and then a great freelance team with Sylvester and, and Elvin and Frank and Scarlin and Amy and uh, April, who's doing makeup here, all different people, right? All over the place. And Marcus, who's on the public television side doing editing in New York. So why do I say that? It's because you don't have a relationship with the team as a whole. You do, but think about it for a second. If I didn't put the names of individual team members, there's two Jackies on our production team. Jackie Hire is not Jackie Tricarico. Oh, I, I, the Jackies. They're not one person. So Mary, let's go into this. You actually have to have a relationship and work on that relationship because if you, if you don't, it gets too far away and then someone's gone because they mm -hmm. didn't feel the love or any connection or yep. whatever. Help me on this, Mary. Yeah, so you and I talk about that all the time. When when you actually create this hub and spokes, and I, and I do say it works for anyone. If, if somebody's watching, if my dad is watching right now, because I know that he watches every Sunday at 10 a.m. on News 12 Plus, if my dad is watching, he could put himself in the hub and put, you know, yes, he still works part-time, but he's got his sisters, he's got his neighbors. It works for everyone. So Steve, before you talked about a blind spot, I've often said to you, Steve, that, hey, listen, you and I talk at least 15 times a day, if not more. We have other hubs in your hub and spokes model. Other spokes. That, well, I'm sorry, other spokes, thank you, in your uh, hub and spokes model. And you need to reach out to those spokes. Why? Not just to do it to check it off the box, to check off a box, touch base. How are you doing? What could I be doing to be more helpful? Tell me where you are on so-and-so project. And again, if you do it on the personal side with family and friends, check in and say, hey, it's been a while. How's your mom doing? How's your dad doing? How's the new job going? And by doing that, you're going to find that those people, number one, like you said, they're going to feel and know that you actually care because you do, but they're going to feel valued. And to pull it all back to leadership, they are going to want to be in your orbit. And that will lead to long lasting relationships, which is really what we're all here to do. And it's so funny, Mary talks about personal, you're in the hub and spokes could be professional or personal, but sometimes the professional relationships have a personal component, mm -hmm. meaning 
there's something going on with a team member, with a colleague, with a client, with a whomever um, that is personal. It's family related. It's health related. It's a real issue. And if you think, well, that's not my business. Well, Technically, I imagine, but that's not great for relationship building. If Where's the XYZ project? When that person's dealing with a family member who's struggling or not well, or they're dealing with some whatever issue it is, and all you're doing is saying you're, you're behind on a deadline. That's horrible for the relationship. Because isn't it, Mary, you, you and I often say this, relationships, leadership, because someone might ask what the heck this has to do with leadership. It's about being, quote, other-centered. That's what Hub and Spokes is, is it not? It's exactly right. And you wrote it. It was one of the chapters, uh, I believe, in Lessons in Leadership. It's all about them. And you put them in all caps with an exclamation point. It truly does need to be about the other person. Sure, we talk about our own wellness. We talk about making sure that we're doing what we need to be doing. But the best leaders make sure to be other centric, whether it's the customer, making sure that you're not only meeting their expectations, exceeding those expectations. And you'll also find if you take the time to ask, you're going to learn things that you didn't know before. And real quick on this, uh, there's a whole chapter in this new book coming out later this year, uh, Lessons in Leadership 2.0, What About the Tough Stuff or the Tough Stuff? And there's a whole chapter on the art of asking questions. And I'm not going to quibble with Mary, but because uh, she's just saying, how are you doing as a question? But I get a caught up in how that sounds to me. Because what happens, Mary, when we ask people, oh, yeah. How, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. And and, and that's and, and it ends there. Yeah. So. so I hear that and I go, okay. So if I reach out for a team member and I say, how are you doing? I know what's going to happen, usually. But if you ask a different kind of question, and the question sounds like this, we got a taping coming up. What's the biggest concern slash challenge you have that I can help you with? I'm sorry, what? Like all of a sudden that person has to think and inevitably there is a challenge. There is an issue and it starts the conversation. So Mary, connect this whole strategic relationship building thing with the art of conversations and asking questions that get people talking. You hit it on the head right there. The closed ended question with, you know, how are you? You're just going to get a good by asking specific questions of a specific person about a specific, whether it's a project, whether it's about a family member. And again, you do want to be careful, obviously, if they haven't shared, or are not just going to say, oh, are you married? And do you have any kids? And, you know, but you get to know your team and you're going to find that they share a lot better uh, if you actually ask really great questions. You and I joke a lot about the Ferris Bueller's day off and the teacher's in front of the room and he's like, anyone, anyone. And if you just put it out there, just as a closed-ended question, you're not going to get as much as if you change that dialogue and say, Steve, you know, what was the most exciting thing that happened to you this weekend? So even if it's not work-related, again, just check in with your team member and say, oh, you know, don't just say, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. No, talk about, oh, did you, you know, do any day trips on Thanksgiving? Tell me, you know, what was the greatest thing about your weekend? It just changes the dialogue right. and gets the other person talking. So in that spirit, got about a minute left. Uh, I'm going to ask you a precise and specific question. You ready? Mm-hmm. The thing you love about being the executive producer, but also being on air with lessons in leadership is? It is to get to work with such talented and caring people such as you, Steve, and Sylvester, Elvin. Not about me. <laughs> you, uh, you're, Elvin, you said, 
Yes, and Scarlin and Frank and April and Amy behind the scenes and Sylvester. I think I hit everybody. No, but it's just being creative and collaborative. And those are the two C words that I think of creative and collaborative. And I'm just so grateful and thankful. And what did Elvin say in the chat? I missed it. It popped down while I was looking at my camera. It's amazing. Mary gets to work with us. Thanks, Elvin. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> He's directing and commenting the whole time. And, and now he's saying, saying to say goodbye. goodbye. For Mary, myself, and the entire terrific team that we're so grateful and thankful for at Lessons in Leadership. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, resourcing the world, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. The essence of the Northward Center is ingrained in our values, thoughts, and actions. What began as a storefront on Bloomfield Avenue has evolved into a life-changing community nonprofit. The mansion is steeped in tradition. But with all of its grandeur, the true essence of the Northward Center is in the people we serve. So as the Northward Center commemorates 50 years of service, let's also celebrate the many opportunities yet to come.